0: I'm Elizabeth Emery, producer and host of Hear Her Sports, the podcast about exceptional female athletes and women in sports. Greetings, everybody. The Olympics are coming. Thank you very much to listener Melanie's request. I spoke to speed skater Eleanor Regis from Denmark shortly after she qualified for the Mass Start event in Pyeongchang next month. The Mass Start is so fun to watch. There's lots of jockeying for position, tight corners, speed, endurance, and sprinting. It's quite a bit like the Criterium in Cycling or some of the track cycling events. Anyway, Elena talks about much of this. She also offers some advice on how to watch and what to look for while she's racing. Elena's introduction to speed skating was inline skating. It's like rollerblading, but really fancy. We talk about her start, some specifics of that sport, and differences between skating on the road and on the ice. To find more details and see a picture of the dryland training she describes, go to podcast page on hearhersports.com. Elena travels quite a bit. When we spoke, she was in San Francisco and starts off talking about what she's doing there. So here she is.
1: I was visiting my brother for a few days, who lives here in San Francisco. And so he went to celebrate Christmas with his wife's family in Australia. So they left us. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just here with my boyfriend, and we're biking, doing weights, doing a little off skate. Just getting some sun and yeah.
0: Nice. One of the things that I noticed in, in the bio that you sent me is that your entire family skated and it sounded like that started because your grandparents started skating, is that true?
1: Yeah, they started and then yeah, everyone started. <laughs> and how did they start and how old were they? I'm actually not sure how they started. I think um, that it was one of their friends cause they were really active they're probably about 50 years, like in their fifties, something like that mm-hmm. when they started. And they were already in a, in a running club. Um, and I think it was one of their friends there that told them about speed skating or roller skating. They just, I don't know, went to a training and then they brought all of us. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah.
0: And, and, um, you're talking about roller skating, but fancy roller skating. I've, I'm imagining those inline skates with fancy wheels and stuff. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Um, When they started, it was, I think, five wheels inline. Um, And now they're they're really small wheels at that time. So now it's just gotten bigger and bigger. And the bigger the wheels, the less that we have. We went up to four, and then now it's three. And they're really huge. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So people are always amazed with how they look. It's like 120 five millimeters, I think it's the diameter. They're really huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell me what the like what it feels like differently to skate on ice versus on the road at that kind of speed, I mean.
1: I think probably the on the road you can do anything you want technique wise. Because you have a wheel and then it grips no matter how you position your foot and what kind of um push that you have. But on the ice, we have only um, two edges. So you have to be really... skate really technically well to skate fast as well. And I think that's what I've struggled with a lot in the transition from inline to ice. So the technique is is really, really different. And you have to be a lot better at it than I was on inline. (laughs) That's funny. And you
0: didn't like ice skating when you first started?
1: No, my mom loves telling the stories. She'll tell it to anyone who will (laughs) listen. When I first um, (laughs) when I first tried uh, to ice skate, I was like, I wasn't obviously I wasn't good because it was the first time, and um, I was really young, or not really young, but I was young and stubborn. So I said, I hate this shit. I never ever want to do again (laughs) because I. The guys I was usually training with—they're a lot faster, and obviously, I didn't like that. So, <laughs> like, no.
0: And so, it sounds like you're still having to work a lot on on technique. So, how do you do that?
1: Um, usually just videotaping of me skating during training. So, my coach will videotape like a straight, and then we'll look at it together and say, "This is wrong. Try to do a little bit more like this." Usually he says to me, just wait, 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 wait. <laughs> um, because you have to wait a lot on skating. Um, you have to stay on one foot, then wait for the push of your kind of body weight. It's really technical. But wait for that push so you feel there's a lot of pressure on that one leg. Because that's where you get the most speed.
0: Can you mimic it in on the road? You know, like in the inline skates?
1: Um, You can, but... Uh, I'm also really really terrible at that (laughs) Um, they'll just go a lot slower which we're not used to um, on inline and you'll um, the wheels that we have they'll get worn down really quick
0: oh okay
1: so that's that can get a little expensive (laughs) right when we train on inline we do have some trainings where we focus a lot on the ice technique then we have some trainings the faster ones where we'll do sprints and stuff, then we'll just go back to the inline technique. Right.
0: So talk a little bit more about the, the technique that you're trying to improve. Cause I, I think that's sort of interesting about that. It's hard for you and I don't know, I'd like to hear more about that. <laughs>
1: um, it's mainly the straights cause we come from inline and the corners are a little bit sharper on the inline tracks. So we're really good at corners and don't have to work that much on those. So we focus mainly on the straights uh, and to improve that. And this year, I think my coach has been a lot more focused on that. So the first few weeks we went on ice, we just did really slow and technical trainings and really worked a lot on that straight and videotaped it, looked at it, tried something new, videotaped that, and constantly trying to improve uh, everything. Uh, But that was really intense those first few weeks, but then we've been working on it uh, a little bit throughout the season, but now it's kind of... um, My technique is what it is. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Because there's so few months left, but it's really, really improved from just doing that the past uh, or this year, really, really working on the straights. It's it's improved a lot. And not only my coach tells me that, other people told me. So <laughs> I think that's kind of reassuring, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think, you
0: know, videotaping is so helpful, seeing yourself, because you can sort of pretend that you're doing it great, and then you see yourself, and you're like, oh, geez.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's your coach? It's my cousin. So it's my uh, my mom's sister's uh, son. Mm-hmm. He's been coaching me basically most of my my skating career, both on, on inline and on ice. Mm-hmm. How
0: did you guys all end up being so good? I mean, it seems remarkable that for one small town to have such success.
1: Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the two other guys that are going to the Olympics with me are um, the guys that I've been training with my whole life. Mm-hmm. I guess we're just the the three people that that no I know there there are a lot more people that went all in but um, the three who who succeeded this year I mean it's just a lot of hard work and we had each other all the time which I think is pretty spectacular for skating because it's such an individual sport and we've always kind of leaned on each other had each other to help and support and I think that's that's a pretty big factor in doing well.
0: Do you think your coach was a big factor? I mean, you you guys are all using the same coach, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. definitely he is. Um, he's been very, very passionate about this project um, and was the one to make this um, transition program from, from inline to ice, even though we had no ice here. But he, he was the one starting everything, and he makes all of our programs, like, one hundred percent. Yeah. He quit his job also for um for us to be a full time coach. Wow. For most of the years. But he's he's put a lot, a lot of hard work in it. That's awesome. Really
0: and did you did you personally know that you wanted to go pro, that you wanted to go for the Olympics from early on?
1: Um, not really. I um I remember um on inline it was probably 2013 I, I skated as a junior a fifth place in um in a points race at the European Championships and I remember my my coach coming to me and saying that I was selected also for the first time to be on the world championships team um and he said okay now there is five months to the to the world championships but there's also four years till the next Olympics and that was like the first time <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> that's
0: cool that's that's um, that's great yeah. that he sort of I don't know put it in your head I guess
1: yeah he kind of did but still I think it didn't um occur to me that that would even be uh, a possible goal until I don't know quite a few a bit later. <laughs> but I would never have thought of it as an option before he told me that it that it could be, that I could be good enough for that to even happen. And
0: are you full time now training?
1: Uh no, I I study as well, which I kind of depend on. We have this amazing system in Denmark that when you study, you get paid every month. So that's basically my my kind of job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're making me jealous.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really amazing. And people get very jealous when I tell them and they won't believe me. But that's kind of how I I can get enough money to travel and, and skate. So I have to do both. <laughs> right.
0: Well, let's talk about the Olympics. The Olympics are coming up in a couple of months. What are the events that you're hoping to compete in?
1: Uh, I just qualified for one event. and That's the Mass Start. Mm-hmm. From the beginning of the year, we were kind of hoping that I could qualify for one other distance, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm really, really close, but not quite there. Right. Um, But the the mass start is kind of, um, it's very similar to inline because it's like a a points race on inline. And we are contrary to the uh, more traditional speed skating uh, events where you're only two people on the track you don't have any physical contact, and you just basically race against the time. This event, the mass start event, is 24 people. No, I think they changed it to to 16 people that are racing all together in the what we call the warm up lane. So that will be the the inside lane of the track, and then there is these point sprints every fourth lap. It's it's 16 laps all together, so it's every fourth lap, and the last sprint will be. At the finish line uh, and the three people that cross the finish line first will be the podium so it reminds it's very similar to, to inline where we kind of race like the the cycling track uh, races we have point race and yeah stuff like that
0: do you like racing with all those people around in close quarters and I expect there's a lot of jostling.
1: Um, yeah, I love it (laughs) because I am way better at it than I am any of the other events. Um, it's, yeah, it's really fun because you get to, I don't know, position different places and you have the tactic that you have to follow and yeah, all the cool stuff. Yeah. What are the tactics? Um, so, if you go for one of the points or the intermediate sprint, then you'll be in a in the top ten usually. Uh, and if you go and and wait for the last sprint, then you're going for the podium. So you kind of have to choose between those two tactics, I think, yeah, because because it's really hard to do both. yeah. Do you get cooked
0: if you're if you go for the intermediate sprint and can't reposition?
1: Yeah, it can be really hard. It also depends who you're sprinting against because there are very different types of skaters and and some sprints might be way harder than they have to because you're sprinting against people that are way faster than you because the the start is very um, mixed with people. You have some sprinters, um, you have some middle distance skaters and you have some long distance skaters. So you kind of also wanna think about who is next to you in a sprint. And if it's worth to go all out, if you're gonna get a fourth position, then you won't get any points.
0: So what's your tactic gonna be in at the Olympics? You going for the podium?
1: I can't, I can't (laughs) (laughs) say.
0: I understand. So how do you advise us to, to watch Olympic speed skating for the mass start? Like, will there be qualifying? Or are only 24 people qualified?
1: 24 people are qualified now, but they'll be qualified for the semifinal. So we'll have a semifinal first, where the top eight from each heat will go to the final. So we'll be 16 in the final.
0: Oh, okay. I imagine that will change tactics quite a bit.
1: Yeah, because all of a sudden it's not just one race it's going to be two races and it's going to be on the same day um and they didn't announce this until quite late i think that they'll do it like this because um last year they announced that it would be the 24 that qualified for the olympics will be the 24 in the final but i think it'll make it more exciting especially for you guys just viewing It'd be more exciting to have semifinals and a final, and so it would really be the top sixteen skaters in the world that'll be in the final.
0: That's cool. Do people fall down a lot in in the mass start racing?
1: Last year they didn't, but this year has been. Uh, there's been a lot of crashes.
0: Huh.
1: Almost in every race, I think. Yeah.
0: Have you fallen? No,
1: that's good. I've been close to <laughs> many times, but.
0: So, so, what causes you to fall? Do you hit somebody else's skate or do you just wobble all your all on your own or what happens
1: um there are different different types of crashes, I guess <laughs> sometimes you can skate into to someone next to you, so you hit the skate um and that'll kind of put you out of balance um and if you're really tired as you are sometimes that can just. Uh, do the trick, I guess, then you'll you'll not have enough power to restabilize yourself and you'll just crash. And then sometimes um, I've seen people just be so exhausted that they couldn't, like, stay on their skates. Uh, and because of the corners, because we skate in the in the warm-up lane, it's really, really tight corners than what we'll, we'll usually be used to. So sometimes the grip kind of just fails, so you just fall.
0: Do you think you have an advantage having come from inline with those corners and the mass start
1: race? I think so, yeah. Because uh, people who've grown up on just ice, they've never trained to do sharp corners or tight corners. Because we skate on the the outside lanes, which are way bigger they're not as used to it as we are coming from inline, because we have these, we have two types of tracks on inline, the big uh, road tracks that kind of, are kind of similar to the ice tracks, and then we have the tracks that we call them, uh, which are 200 meters, with really sharp corners, so we're really used to that, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like competing? Um. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> It's not fun when when I get really, really nervous, because I can get that nervous that my legs start to just shut off, and I can't can't use them, kind of, or I, do, I don't feel like I have, um, I can use my skills to the fullest, because they kind of just shut off, because I get so nervous. And at that point, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> But I mean that's a part of the game, and I, I, I'm constantly working on all of these things to, not have that happen. But when you're trying to qualify for the Olympics, it's it's kind of hard not to be nervous.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know I saw you in the qualifying race. I I found it on online, and you looked really calm actually.
1: Yeah, I look really. People always tell me that that I look really calm, but I'm not. <laughs>
0: Well, that's good. I mean, you also looked really, really good at positioning yourself in the pack, I'll have to say.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that I've brought from inline, which are one of the best things, probably. Because what's important on the mass start event is that you really are able to relax. um, So you have that extra punch when you decide to go for a sprint. Whether it's the intermediate ones or the final sprint, you really need to gather a lot of power, yeah.
0: Have you thought about doing the short track racing?
1: I uh, I've tried it, not super super great. <laughs> it's uh it's way way harder on the legs because you you have so much because of the tight corners you have so much pressure on your legs, um, and you have to be even better technically, which I'm not. <laughs> but I have thought about it. Because uh, it would be definitely be easier to do that in Denmark because we have the the rinks for it. For oh, them. well, we have the the hockey rinks, which are the same ones basically. So that would be easier. But I like long track more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the long track rinks are bigger than a hockey rink.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're like a um, like the track and fields track. Um, it would be the same size. So it's 400 meters.
0: Oh, that's big. Yeah. Okay, so it's the Olympics in a few months. So what's it like, you know, having, been, having qualified, and do you feel a little bit relieved from some of the pressure now that you're qualified?
1: A little bit, but it's still, I feel like it hasn't occurred to me that I'm qualified. Um, kind of waiting for that reaction to happen <laughs> but i i think i'll get there next um next month we'll meet with uh the, the sports national sports federation of denmark and um, they'll give us all our clothes and we'll take pictures and all that stuff so i hope that then it will occur to me that i'm actually going <laughs>
0: um <laughs> that's yeah
1: because right now it's yeah it's super weird <laughs>
0: I mean, do you think that do you think that it's it's important to know that you're going to the Olympics or do you want to sort of forget that it's the olympic like how- how does it being the Olympics affect sort of your mental state?
1: I think I would rather feel like I do now that it hasn't really occurred to me <laughs> yeah, I guess you just gotta think of it as any other race, of course, it's important, but I think that. It, it will help a lot with not being as nervous um, and helping with focusing more on the race, on the tactics and all that stuff instead of focusing on, wow, it's Olympics. And I guess I can do that after the race. <laughs> right, right.
0: I mean, Yeah, I mean, you could really, as an Olympic athlete could really do themselves a disservice by focusing on the Olympic aspect of it. Yeah. You have two more months. What are you going to be doing for the next two months?
1: I'll be here in California a few more days. And then I'll go back for Christmas. But I'll only be home for about, I think it's four days. Uh, yeah, it must be four days. And then I'm going to, to South Germany to skate. And um, usually what we do is we have, uh, because we don't have any ice in Denmark, we have 10 days at home. And then 10 days on ice somewhere in Europe. It'll be a, f- a little less days <laughs> home this time. but So I'll have two times uh, or two blocks of ice um, in January. We'll be home between those two. Uh, and then we're going, The I think, the 7th of February. We're leaving for the Olympics. But actually, it will be two uh, different cities, because uh, in Pyeongchang, they have all the ski sports, or alpine sports, I guess you call it. And in, okay, I don't know how to say this correctly, Gangnyong, will have all the, the ice stuff. So curling, and hockey, and all that stuff, short track, long trick, yeah. And they're actually, the cities are, I think, one hour apart.
0: And how important is it going to be for you to get on the very specific ice of, of the Olympic races?
1: Not super important. I was there for the world championships last year. And it's a really good ice. It's really um, it's a fast ice, which doesn't really matter for us because we're not skating against time. We're skating against, uh, well, each other. But the, the one thing I'm a little concerned about is that the corners aren't as... Um, tight as they are on other tracks which is usually to my advantage that they're tight so when they're not everyone else gets uh, a little bit better at handling the the corners it gets Mm -hmm. a little bit easier for everyone whereas in Canada the corners were really tight and people were really struggling where I felt a little bit um, more comfortable than everyone else I think which was nice (laughs) What uh, what makes ice fast? That's um, yeah, a really stupid thing to say, I guess, that ice is fast. Because it's not the ice that gets faster, it's the air. There's less air. For example, when there's altitude, there's less air, so there's less air resistance. And you skate faster. If it rains, the uh, I'm not sure, but something about the pressure of the air. So there's, again, less air. Yeah, and then there are these little factors as how thick or thin the ice is. We want the ice thinner for it to be faster. And, um, yeah, we just want the ice to be really smooth.
0: And you notice all that as soon as you get on the ice? Like, you're like, wow, this is fast ice?
1: I don't notice it, I guess, physically. Because to me, uh, ice is ice, I guess. But I know some of the skaters that have been on ice their whole lives. They... Feel it. they say they feel it a little bit more but I just see it on my times that's the only way I know if it's a fast or slow ice
0: are you good with speed or does it freak you out I mean how fast are you guys going
1: um, I think we are going probably 60 but but that's in kilometers per hour so it's it's pretty fast I don't think anyone gets scared from the speed
0: okay do you get scared on the speed on the asphalt? Are you guys going, you're going faster, right?
1: Uh, No, on ice. It's faster on ice, way faster. Okay. But I never get scared because I, when I generate the speed myself, I, I don't really get scared. But we train a lot on bikes, for example. And if we're going down a mountain, I can get a little scared because it's not me generating the speed. It's the mountain. So it's a little less in my control, I guess. Talk
0: about a little bit about your training. Um, not necessarily for the next two months, but in general, like what do you guys focus on and um, things like that?
1: Yeah, so the majority of our training is actually biking. Oh, yeah. Because um, the thing with ice is that you can't be on it too long, because you'll just uh, wear yourself out completely. It's, it's really hard to be on ice because you have to be in position all the time.
0: Oh, that crouched position, you mean?
1: Yeah which is really hard on the legs. So you can't be on ice for a really long time, but you can on the bike. So that's where we put most of our endurance training. It's on the bike. Then we do a lot of inland skating in the summer and then more ice in the winter. Uh, We do a lot of weights and then we do this type of off-skate training where we kind of imitate the movements that we would do on ice. So when we don't have ice, it's good to use that to still use the the same muscles. So that's what I'm doing here in San Francisco to still train the muscles that I use on ice. So I don't get that shock when I come back <laughs> on the ice.
0: Right. So what what kind of exercises are the is the off skate training?
1: So we'll stay in in our position, and then we'll do typically do some kind of jumps or. Yeah, I would do more jumps because I don't do well with the, what would you call it, kind of stabilizing uh, exercises where you just stand in the position for a few minutes. I don't, my body don't respond that well to that. So I'll do more um, jumps and uh, sprinting, yeah, all this kind of stuff uh, that's more explosive. Yeah.
0: And you're going to a gym
1: for that? Ah oh, no, we just do it outside. Oh, then we have this exercise, which is um, looks kind of weird, and people stare a lot when they walk past <laughs> us. So we have this elastic band, so I need I need a partner. So I have a we have an elastic band around our waist that connects us. um, so one big one, if you can imagine that. And then the person at the other end will hold me. I will walk with my side. So I kind of have my hip inward, kind of like I'm going into the corner. So we're training corners that way. So I do the movements, um, the crossovers to train leaning in the corner.
0: No wonder you brought your boyfriend with you. You need that other person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what about strength training? What are you doing uh, for strength training?
1: Again, a lot of jumps. It it depends because we... In the beginning of the season, it will be more uh, static movements. So it will be squats, deadlift, stuff like that. Always free weights, but it will be more heavy exercises in the summer, whereas now it's more um, explosive exercise. So I'll do squat jumps instead of just squats. Mm. Um, and uh, I do a lot of jumps as well in the gym, so kind of sideway jumps, and box jumps, because that's the the better thing for me. I like jumps. Right. <laughs> How high can you jump? Like, what's the,
0: the box height?
1: Um, in the beginning, it's quite low, but I usually uh, be able to jump a little bit higher than my belly button. Oh, that's high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm not super explosive, so.
0: Right. And do people stare at you, thinking like, "Wow, she can jump high" or something?
1: Sometimes I do. I, I've had some people, not here, um, but ask me if I was a weightlifter, a p- professional weightlifter. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny because I have really, really tiny arms. We all, all of skaters do. So I find that kind of funny because I have a really tiny upper body and then huge legs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like cyclists and all of us strange yeah. lower body people. <laughs> um, and, and what about in the summer? What do What, what do you... What kind of training are you doing this summer and do you take any time off?
1: Yeah, we usually take time off in um, March, April-ish, somewhere between that. Just not completely off, but then I'll just go off uh, a program. So I kind of just train whatever I feel like, which I'm actually doing now as well, uh, which is more, I think, mentally when you've had this really long period of intensive training and then intensive uh competition then you just need to i don't know cool down a little bit so i have these few trainings um so two types of bike trainings and then a weight training and the off-skate training and i just know that i have to do either one of those each day so every day i wake up i kind of feel what do i want to do today do i want to bike do i want to do weights which is kind of nice And that's usually what I'll also do in the spring um, when we have that little break. But in the summer, we just do a lot of inline training, a lot of off-skate training, and a lot of biking. That's the three main things that we do.
0: And how long are your, like time-wise, how long are your races and, you know, like how important is the endurance aspect of your training?
1: The mass start is the longest, I think. It's eight minutes but the endurance is really really important because it is it's really hard to skate on ice and that's why the distances aren't as long the longest race on ice for women is five kilometers and i think the mass start is uh six point something kilometers whereas on inline um the longest race is a marathon oh so um it's very, uh, it just shows, I think, how hard it is to skate on ice. You really get more tired um, from doing that. And that's why you need the endurance a lot to be able to skate those eight minutes well.
0: <laughs> right. And ha- so how long are your bike rides?
1: Um, I think the longest one I've done this year is uh, four and a half hours.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they'll usually be just three hours uh, most of the time. Uh, then sometimes I'll have like a recovery ride, which will be one and a half hour. That's probably the the shortest that I have.
0: Right. And are you doing intervals on the bike or is that only on the ice?
1: Uh, we do that. Yeah. We do it later in the season. So not during the summer, we'll do it, uh, in the transition, I think between summer and fall. We'll start doing uh, threshold intervals and these 30 seconds all out intervals as well. But it depends on, yeah, where we are in our training uh, when we do it. Right now I'm going back to um, to pretending like it's summer. So I do these really long bike rides and uh, uh, heavy weights. Um, yeah. yeah, so I kind of start over to be able to perform well at the Olympics
0: cool are you traveling with a bike and all this other equipment
1: yeah yeah I have this huge bike bag and then a a suitcase (laughs) um which also makes people stare a lot yes (laughs) (laughs) because it's really unusual to have this huge bag yeah people ask me if it's instruments
0: right I always found that really cumbersome to be traveling with all the equipment and I mean to me that was one of One of the real negatives of competing was having to have all that equipment.
1: Yeah, it gets annoying sometimes. Also, when you stay in in really tiny hotel rooms, it's hard to fit the bike back. And then when you pull out the bike and assemble it, then you have a bike as well. Um, It's hard to find space to put all this stuff. Um, But the worst thing about it is probably just to and from the airport. But usually when, when we're traveling to World Cups, they'll they'll pick us up. The federation that hosts will pick us up in, in buses. Because we usually come at the same time as other teams. So they pick us up all together and ship us kind of to the hotels. Which is nice. But for the training camps, it can get kind of hard carrying all this stuff in and out of trains. And from trains to hotels. And yeah.
0: Have you gotten good about coming into a new city and finding out new rides and what gym to go to and all that kind of stuff?
1: Mm, I I don't travel to a lot of new cities. (laughs) We go to the same places Uh always. Uh, Usually when we go to places with ice rinks, uh, the gym will be inside the rink. So it will be, um, that's, that's kind of nice. So it's, it's easy that way. Everything is at the same place.
0: How is your nutrition, and do you think about that a lot? Do you think about what you're eating?
1: A little bit. I, I did it a lot more um, a few years back, but it, it kind of drove me crazy to always think about how many calories is in this and, um, yeah, how much sugar and all that stuff. So I've kind of, uh, right now, I just, the tra- the days that I train, um, a little bit less intensive, I will eat uh, a little bit less as well. And the days where I really need the energy, where I have really hard trainings, I'll eat a little bit more, and that's kind of the main thing that I think about. I, I don't eat a lot of cake or sugar or fat anyway, <laughs> but if I'm at a at like a Christmas Eve or at a, a relative's birthday party or something like that, I'll eat cake. It's not like I. I won't do that at all because it'll just drive me crazy uh, not to be able to have a little bit fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) right what's your favorite breakfast
1: i'll usually just have oatmeal which i have in front of me right now (laughs) actually (laughs) (laughs) i think that's also just my favorite breakfast i eat it every single day yeah me too Um,
0: it's it's really good it is good do you add stuff to it
1: uh, yeah, right now I have uh, some chia seeds and almonds and a few uh, raspberries. So Very nice. Yeah.
0: And what's your favorite recovery snack or meal?
1: Um, I don't eat a lot of those. Probably just bananas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I think it's exciting that you're going to the Olympics. I'm hoping that you're excited, too, even though it hasn't sunk in yet. <laughs>
1: yeah, really excited. I am.
0: Well, well, thank you very much and good luck. And I'm really excited to watch you.
1: Thank you. Yep.
0: Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Yeah. See you. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please tell your pals about it. No, really. I mean right now. Send an email to one friend just to say these women are awesome. And also remember to sign up for the newsletter and get the link to a Spotify playlist of favorite workout songs of some of my guests. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Bye-bye. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and
1: together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your
0: adventures.